Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit and welcome back to Is It Bad For You? This is a series where we explore numerous things in the health and fitness industry, looking at the science and diving into our own thoughts to come to a pretty solid conclusion as to if something is indeed bad for you. This week we explore the world of stretching. Is stretching before a workout going to lower your performance and is stretching afterwards a complete waste of your time? These are a couple of the questions we answer in this week's episode, of course supported by the latest and greatest scientific literature. We also touch on stretching from a mobility slash flexibility point of view, discussing apps like Romwod and GoWod. This ends up triggering Tom uh, quite a bit, but it is for a good reason, and it revolves around a word we like to use often, and that is nosebo. By the end of this episode, you'll be equipped with the knowledge on how to apply, and perhaps not apply, stretching to your gym routines. Let's get into it. Good evening, Tom. Good evening, Bill. How are we doing? I am sensational. I'm sensational. Seems very, very lonely this week, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just us again, isn't it? Yeah. I was getting confused what you meant there by lonely. I was like, what do you mean lonely? You said I'm lonely. <laughs> no, I generally am lonely. But yeah, I was referring to the uh, lack of guests. The lack of guests. Yeah, the lack of guests. Yeah. Well, it's nice just for us two now and again, isn't it? You know, this is our podcast yeah. after all. <laughs> Sorry, I was leaving that silence running there on purpose. Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's just us two again. We're back with uh, Is It Bad For You? But before we get into it, so if you are new around here, bear with us for this intro because it's going to be a bit chaotic because we've got a few things to update on. Uh, firstly, quickly mention that if you're listening to this in chronological order, so you're a regular listener and you listen to this of the week release, next week uh, there will not be a podcast, unfortunately, because Tom is he's going to Turkey because apparently the UK is not hot enough for him. He wants to he wants to go away. Yeah, I completely forgot I was actually going on holiday until, uh, until my missus... Uh, Revealed that she bought new suitcases. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that. And there you go, you're going. How long are you going for? Talk us through it. Oh, I'm only gone for the week, mate. I'm only week, gone yeah. for the week. Nice. Standing um, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to do much. I'm just going to do absolutely nothing in the sun. Just enjoy to relax, yeah. Exactly. Get a nice book, get a nice uh, tan. We well, said there's no podcast, but you did. You're the one who mentioned it, so we should maybe do a little live stream when you're on your little uh, Lila in the pool while you're, while you're floating I in the did. pool. We'll do it. I did, or whilst I'm being searched at customs. Yeah, that could be either, yeah, either we'll or. See where either it goes. Yeah, so if you're not on our Instagram, check out the show notes because um, down below because there is a link to our podcast Instagram and we might do a little live, a little quick Joe, live on if there. You, if you are listening to this in chronological order, then I might potentially be able to freak people out here by saying, if you listen to this and then... You get to see me kind of posting my stories while I'm on the holiday anyway. There might be a chance you might see me with my mate who's a turtle. I'm not I'm not gonna give wow. any more context to that. I'm just no. gonna say watch this space. In a week's time you might see me with my mate who's a turtle. And then I'll give tech context. Yeah. There you go. Absolute bombshells being dropped here. So uh, yeah, that's the that is the pod the lack of podcast next week update. Uh, the second update, Tom, is I heard back from Phoebe, our uh, future British Army officer. Did you find listeners. my torch? Yeah, that is what she was. That's what she updated me on. So she heard the, you know, your desire for her to find your torch out in the training area. Um, and today she wasn't out in the training area, to my knowledge, doing some sort of navex. So she said she's going to try and find it. I'll keep you updated. We'll keep the up- listeners, you guys out there, updated as well. But yeah, Phoebe, she's uh, out there looking for that torch. Do you know what? I feel like I need to give a bit more backstory. Probably. There's nothing too exciting. But years ago, when I was on the training area, I had like this really sick Gerber torch. It was one of those where you could twist the top of it and it would go from white light to red light to green light. Yeah, good then, yeah. Blue light. I don't know what the blue light and green light was supposed to be for, but you know. And uh, it's fucking... I lost it whilst I was sleeping, of all things. 
Are you asleep? So someone stole it. Yeah, it could have. You've definitely. It's you know what you've done. You've left your torch out and out in the open, out of your you know your security area, your little bubble. You've left it on the side outside your shell scrape, and someone's come <laughs> along and got all oh, admin hanging out, and they've taken it taken it off you. Unless I was sleepwalking, you know. And if that's the case, then I'm really worried about you know the uh, the, the efficiency of our sentries. Yeah, I don't think I. Th- I think you've just this is this is this is on you. This, but anyway, Phoebe, if you are listening again, because I know you've, you're very busy, so it, you know, it took you a while to hear about Tom's torch. So uh, when you do hear this in a, probably a couple of weeks' time, um, keep us updated. Let me know hmm. if you found the torch or not. Like Fifty quid torch that, and like Weird. well, as I said, that's a couple of years ago. So in today's money, that's like thirty grand. Okay. <laughs> <Is it perfect laughs> Have you seen cost of living, mate? I'm only half half run. I'm only I'm half. Sure run, they mate. put the um <coughs> the interest rate up today. What for torches? No, the bank. No, not for fucking torches. The Bank of England. I'm sure they put the interest rate up today. Yeah, just not for torches. Just to just not for to, yeah, torches. Exclusive. Oh, fuck's sake. Well, anyway, um, what are we talk about today. So we uh, we'll move on. So that's the update. Torches. Sorry if you are new around here. You're probably thinking, what the fuck have I tuned into? I thought I wanted to listen about stretching. Is it bad for you? Uh, but yeah, we are back with. Is it bad for you? Stretching. Now this was actually request. I think actually, you know, ironically, Tom Phoebe was one who requested this. She was mm. one who requested this episode, <laughs> which is a. Uh, She's going to have a really rough time after listening to this episode. Having to deal with uh, PT now. Peter, yeah, no, God's sake. But um, yeah, so she was asked because she was basically saying the same thing as most people think is, is it good? Is it bad? Like, all different, there's so many different contexts and you hear so many different narratives about it. It's like, what the fuck? Do I, where'd you go with it? Um, so that's what we're going to unpack today. Mm. I think, what the f- This is ridiculous. I don't even... We go back on Twitch after all these weeks off and you know, you're, what are you vaping? I'm a vapist now. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's been one of those weeks. God, if you want to unsubscribe from the podcast at this point, I don't blame you. Well, you God, know, it's healthier than crack. If, I think most things are healthier than crack, mate. Yeah. If I could afford it, I'd probably be on crack, but you know, it's been one of those weeks, as I said. Welcome. If you're watching on Twitch, hope you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, static stretches. Bit, uh, I'm, I'm assuming like, a lot of people have heard that title. Well, is it bad for you? Stretching. And straight away, like, what the fuck? How could stretching be bad for you? Uh, there's a lot of context in what we mean by bad Yeah, view. there's a lot of context yeah. we're going to go into. Obviously, I don't want to jump the shark like I, I usually do. I think first, do. though, Tom, yeah, we'll just jump into the polls, I think. That's normally a good place to start, isn't it? We'll go to some Instagram polls and see what people have been uh, been saying. Uh, mm. There wasn't really much of a surprise here, to be honest. So I asked, pretty simple questions here. First one, static stretch to warm up. What do you think the percentage was? Ooh. See, it's so difficult now because... I've actually had people come up to me and say, like, oh, I've listened to your podcast and like I've kind of changed my thoughts on a lot of things. So straight mm. away I'm thinking it's our listeners. So are they yeah. gonna We have had a few new I we have would? had a new few for a few new followers though since we released the Reedy McGregor episode. So that Oh really? Yes, yeah, so there's gonna oh, be okay. Joe what a bit of difference there. I'm gonna play it safe and say uh people will probably voted that, you know, it's important. No, mate, you're wrong. Our listeners all said no. Mm. 100% people do not static stretch to warm up. Uh, the next one was static stretching after a workout. This one, on okay. the other hand, 50, what do you think 50? on this one, Tom? 50-50. It's, it's, it's biblical, mate. 86% people said yes. Oh, so the majority oh, of people wow. do, okay. do static stretch after a workout. Um, so yeah, tune in. Do not turn... If, if you're one of those people, keep listening. Wow, wait. Society um, and all that. Yeah, society and all that. And I then asked why, because I always like to know people's thoughts, you know. Why have they, why have they said these things? I'm going to get too many responses, probably because people didn't really know why. They probably just want to... <laughs> I feel like stretch is one of those things people just do for the sake of... They actually know why half the time. Mm, I can probably guess why, <laughs> to be honest with you. Sam sent in, no ambition to put my ankles behind my ears just yet. I'll save that one for Valentine's Day. So at least he's honest, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to which, see that. Which, 
No, not Sam. Our... You're thinking. No, no, not not. No, that's Sammy. not our Sam. No, okay, no, different Sam. Different Sam. Because right. I was going to make a really wicked comment then about his oh, dad. God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clip that bit out and send it to him because <laughs> he'll know straight away. Don't even add more context. Uh, and then another one. This one's uh, from Pete, one of our patrons. Thanks for getting in touch, mate. Uh, he said, "I'll always include a bit of dynamic stretching in my warm up, but I'm old as dust. Then some static slash yoga type stuff at the end as a separate mobility session. I think that's important to note the way he said it as a separate mobility session. Yeah, um, which we'll obviously come onto. And then he said dynamic beforehand, which as we'll come onto as well is is different to static stretching beforehand. Okay. Mm. So it's the poles. Not really. I was I wasn't actually that surprised to be honest. The results are. I'm not in hindsight. Uh, the first one, maybe, but uh, no, it just shows that our echo chamber is slowly coming along. Our echo chamber, yeah, we'll, we'll become what we hate. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> just want to quickly, uh, Fern, you said need a need a fan. Yeah, we do need a fan. Unfortunately, if we had fans going off, the audio would be mm. chaos. Um, it just wouldn't work. It'll be just you just hear a fan. I don't want to be able to. It's hard to edit out. Need a fan. I have you know we have one thousand listens per week. <laughs> we got plenty of fans <laughs> plenty of fans yeah I know right <laughs> how you didn't jump on that bill I don't know oh, disappointed no. that would have been a wicked pun it would have been a good pun yeah I'm too hot mate I'm, I'm not with it today I'm, I'm just focused on getting this out getting into the fucking getting into a cold shower I know what you mean I mean I've got my air diffuser and uh, it's what is going on with your it's carbon monoxide flavouring and it's making me really dizzy so yeah I can't think straight either that new study you're in is chaos mate you just keep pulling things out of nowhere now you've whacked out a diffuser do you want to see my pen holder? I say pen holder, I've misappropriated it. It's got cloths in it, but it's actually the Wallace and Gromit trousers. I would look, you need to, I think you need to turn the next week, you need to turn the whole system around so I can see what's going on on your desk. Oh, this this is, will be cool if this works. Uh, if this works, this will be cool. Got a red dot site, which is actually oh. working, an LDS. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, I can see the red dot. Yeah. There you go. How cool is that? Why have you got that? Uh, <laughs> oh, don't you worry about it. It's next to my combi tool, and I've also got. Post-it notes in pastel yellow. Wow, this is some real exclusive Twitch content. This because uh, I think you've just said it's all visual, obviously. And then obviously I've got my uh, my, my my vape. Your vape. Yeah, yeah, I'm a vape. Which is um, better than crack, apparently. Mm. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> So as Tom's already alluded to, we are going to go into various different contexts today. We've got static stretching before and after. We've got dynamic stretching, which we said is different. And we're also going to go into daily stretching. So we're looking at things like mobility and flexibility, which is something that sometimes gets doesn't get touched on as much because people, especially on social media, they normally attack it from um, different points of view. Okay. I mean, there's different concepts when we talk about stretching. Now, I think like we all have our own biases where straight away someone says stretch it is, or sorry, stretching. Me personally, I think of static stretching straight away. But there is actually different types of stretching. Yeah, for sure. Um, welcome to the chat, Mike. Apparently, apparently, he's first time in. Big Mike. Always good to have you. Always good to hear from you, mate. Oh, hello, Mike. He's embracing the chaos. What I like to see. This is the sort of stuff you get on Twitch, guys. If you, so if you are listening, I might leave this bit in. Actually, if you're listening to this now on the the week of release and you're hearing this bit, obviously, I would have cut out a lot of the chaos that's just happened. But join us on Twitch. You know, some weeks but we're not we're not very consistent with it. I'll be honest, because we have a guest on, we don't go on Twitch. But um, yeah, just keep an eye out on our Instagram. We post them on Twitch, but yeah, you get to enjoy the chaos. Anyway, I think we'll start chronologically, Tom. So we'll go with stretching before training. Uh, we'll look at static and dynamic. And is it bad? Well, if we just look at static, 
I'm going to say potentially. Now, I don't like saying anything's bad, but in some contexts, potentially static straining, uh, static straining, static stretching uh, could be bad. I mean, I think uh, just to kind of rewind back a little bit. So what is kind of like the definition of static stretching? So static stretching is, as I said, it's the first thing that comes to my mind. Is that is when you stretch out a muscle to like its end point and you hold it in that static keyword there position for like a certain amount of time so when you kind of think about like when you used to do like PE like physical education at school and stuff like when you used to have to pull your pull your foot up behind your leg having your heel touching your bum holding it there for a certain amount of time you know where you used to you know the older the PT special where you tuck your hand behind your back hold your shoulder pull your elbow up so basically holding a position uh, sorry holding a lengthened position for a certain amount of time where the muscle is statically stretching it's normally about what 20 30 seconds is like the the go-to people seem to go for. that's usually the go-to because people get bored mm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's literally i think yeah. that's what it is yeah. and you know what just um the, the funny thing is is like just like resistance training it, it is dose dependent so depending mm. what how how long you hold a stretch for, you will get different kind of effects, etc. Yeah. And just like resistance training as well, you can do too much too soon. You mm-hmm. can do too little, you know, and get nothing out of it. But at the same time, you can do too much too soon. You can injure yourself stretching at the end of the day. When people do the, when people accidentally do the splits, when they like rip their blooming. Oh <laughs> yeah, and apart. they rip their anus apart. Yeah, totally. The, sorry, the gooch is the technical term. <laughs> I mean, everyone's saying. probably got the capability to do a, a splits, but. It's about doing it gradually over time. Like you go a little bit deeper each time, don't you? You don't just go straight into the splits day mm. one. Um, that's what that's she said, yeah. See, it's not that hot. Not that hot, yeah. Um, but yeah, as I said, I don't think it's absolutely necessary to do it outside the context of flexibility training. Um, but if you want to do it, go for it. But I think something we have spoken about before, Tom, is I think it's something you mentioned quite a few times, is that strength training is flexibility training. Yeah. Um, We're kind of jumping forward a little bit on the mobility and flexibility stuff, but it's something to note that if you are doing static stretching in the context of flexibility, yeah, strength training is also flexibility training. I mean, if I start getting way too ahead of ourselves on the podcast and just, you know, use the secret word that we've both agreed on prior to this episode and I'll stop no immediately. Idea. No idea what he's talking about. No, me neither. Um, but <laughs> just, you, we'll, yeah. we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Banana or Oklahoma or something like that. I don't know. Oklahoma? What? Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard you say that word. I've never heard you say <laughs> the that place in But yeah, like, why would you, why would you want to static stretch anyway? Particularly like kind of before workout. And usually, I've, me personally... The common answer I hear is that you're going to injure yourself if you do not stack stretch beforehand. But kind of like you just said there, like strength training technically is flexibility training anyway. Now, look, I don't think anyone is going to have anything super detrimental happen to them if they stretch for a reasonable amount of time. A little bit more on that in a minute. But at the end of the day, stretching it is time consuming. And something that we say quite often is that time is a barrier. So when we kind of only have like a certain amount of time, we can dedicate to resistance training, if so, or so to speak, or we can dedicate a certain amount of time to go for a run or any kind of exercise, let's say, then surely you will try and utilize that time as much as you can to get something more meaningful out of it. Mm-hmm. Now, look, if you just like to stretch, you crack mm-hmm. on. But strength training can be flexibility training. So once again, Bill, Use the secret code word if I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. But you can increase your flexibility and your mobility acutely simply by warming up the exercise you're about to do 
by actually just doing it at a lighter weight. And you might find, like, if you grab, let's say we're going for squats, uh, barbell squats, barbell back squat, uh, and you plan on getting to a certain amount of weight because you want to program or whatever, just simply going up to the empty barbell and repping that out for a little bit is usually kind of enough to kind of warm up. I mean, don't get me wrong, that uh, originally you might not have a decent amount of flexibility or mobility, and you might find you can only kind of caught a squat with a barbell at first. But as you do it more and more and more, basically it's called a specific warm-up, you find you can get into a deeper position, etc. You can feel more stretchy because what are you doing as you're going into a squat? You are stretching out the relevant muscles. Yeah, but I think um, it's it's just... See, I don't want to be a dick here, but in a from the view of a personal trainer, for a lot of PTs, a lot of coaches, static stretching is a great way to just do clock watching. It's a great yeah. way to mm-hmm. make a session run down. Now, don't get me wrong, that's a fucking terrible thing for people to do. Just simply throwing something that's going to make the, the session run out as quickly as possible so you can go on to your next client. It's one of the reasons why I don't do it. But at the same time, it's not a make or break thing. Ah, but the devil's in the details there, and that's to do with the dosage, as I said earlier. Yeah. So I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with static stretching before you're training. However, there is evidence to suggest that it can have detrimental effects on your performance if you're holding those positions for more than 60 seconds, which, are, to be fair, I don't think most of us are doing anyway. It's also down to the intensity. So I actually spoke about yes. this in a video quite recently was you the 60-second yes. thing is important, but it's also the, the intensity of the stretch because mm. all the papers you see where people use them to say that stretching is bad for you, it's going to fuck you up, it's going to make you perform terribly. Well, it's like if you look at most people who stretch before a workout, it's normally people who are normally a bit from a stiffer population and the stretching they're doing is probably like 10 to 20 second, little token lean overs, token little arm swings, whatever. Um, and it's very light intensity. They're not literally... Token arm swings, I love you know it. They are. They're doing, yeah. they're doing little, bits of, little bits of light static stretching just to make them feel a bit more nimble. They're not mm. doing intense bouts of 60 second hamstring stretches to loosen up, are they? So... The context you normally see on paper, this is why it's important to read the papers, because if you just look at the conclusion, it will say static stretching before this exercise will reduce your power output, which, yeah, okay, if you do it for that in that context. But in a real-world situation, most people don't do that. Hmm. So it's not really relevant, if I'm being honest. Yeah. But, if we, but if we look at below 60 seconds on paper and a bit more normal... The effects, uh, and as always, guys, all the studies were mentioned. We're just ran. We're not actually. We're not, we're not saying some papers, but they're all in the show notes. Um, if we look at the papers that are below sixty seconds, the effects appear to be neutral. So what that tells me is there's no point really. Like, I mean, if it gives you that placebo thing, great. But then, as we said, time's a barrier. So think that to yourself. If you're somebody, maybe you find yourself rushing in the gym session, but you are static stretching beforehand. P- probably no, you can take it out because. It's pretty neutral. It's not going to do anything. It's not going to do any damage, but it's not really giving you anything meaningful at the same in the same breath. Mm. So, do you know what though? Um, this is one of the things that I have refined my opinion on uh, over the past year. So, you know, a couple of years ago, I was very anti-static stretching. It's not that um, I was saying, "Oh, it's bad for you." It's inherently bad for you. Nothing like that. Nothing nocebic. But it's just I, I simply could not see the point of it. I have seen some applications for it since then, um, you know, but I'll I'll mention more towards the end about that. But yeah, for now, while there is data to say that static stretching beforehand can be bad for you in terms of power output, just know, I think it reminds me straight up actually, Thomas, something we spoke about last week with uh, Reedy McGregor about humans not being textbooks mm. and that 
a lot of things get blown out of proportion in terms of like papers will be done on populations of certain contexts and people run away with their conclusions. Whereas humans, if we actually look at what they're actually doing, they sometimes don't actually do what some of these papers are suggesting. So we've just got to be mindful of that. But we need to kind of talk about dynamic as well um, because dynamic and static is different. I know you gave us a little nice little definition of static earlier, Tom. Do you want to give us a little a little uh, summary of what dynamic is as well? Yeah, dynamic, so, dynamic stretching is a bit of a weird one because it's simply just like stretching the muscle via movement. So, you know, like how I was talking about like uh, specific warm-ups earlier, like just simply doing the actual movement you're preparing for. You could say that's dynamic stretching. So if you're going to actually, if you want to stretch for a squat, simply squatting would be a dynamic stretch. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Mm. But then like, you kind of go to like the level three PT textbooks, et cetera, and like, they show dynamic stretching is like, and you'll see this down by things like the squat racks, et cetera, where people like swing their legs back and forth, stuff yeah. like that. The older, uh, you know, like it's more kind of a mobility thing, but like arm circles, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Basically stretching the muscle through movement. And if that's the case, I have no issue with people doing that. But if you're going to dedicate time to it, and why not just do it as an actual specific warm up? Mm. So make the dynamic, uh, the dynamic stretch, squatting, or hinging, or pressing, or pulling. I think there's that, like, there's that grey area, isn't there, between like your definition of dynamic? Because for some people, doing what you're saying there, so just doing some air squats before they do a squat session, could be classed as there. They could think that's dynamic stretching. That you could class that as dynamic. So it depends yeah, on your it is. interpretation of it, be. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But you will get gatekeepers it. that say, no, no, yeah. no, it's when you do this arbitrary movement. Yeah. Cat, cat and cows, yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever, that, whatever the thing is. Um, but if we do look on paper again, Tom, so it does appear that dynamic stretching is beneficial to increasing acute range of motion, strength, and muscle stiffness. So there is potential there. Um, and that on paper, there doesn't appear to be any downsides to it. Yeah. So. What that's kind of telling me from looking at sort of summarising the data is, I mean, I won't kick the arse out of it and do a 30 minutes dynamic stretching flow hmm. where you're just like all over the place with bands and, you know, doing weird arm things. I, I, I see it often. Yeah, yeah. For I see it often. Hours <laughs> just doing you dynamic know, I stretching don't, I don't routines. Make, I don't want to yeah. make fun of those people, but there are, see, being a, being a gym manager and having access to CCTV, you know, and seeing <laughs> the same people over and over <laughs> just, again, just... I've seen people come into gym and they're, fucking around on foam rollers and dynamic stretching for like 20 minutes then they come in do a couple of sets of one exercise and they bugger off home no look, there's nothing inherently wrong with that but it does make me see that the elitist in me it does think you could probably get like some more ban for your buck just by warming up the empty barbell doing your bench press and cracking with something else I think if you're going to do it, because there are, I mean, the important thing to note from that data is the acute range of motion, because for some movements, for example, like a front squat, having that increase, you know, that acute increase in range of motion could be yeah. beneficial. So if we're looking at dynamic stretching, I'd say maybe like five minutes before your session, specific. So if you're doing front squat, five minutes spent on that front rack position, maybe, or maybe some ankle stuff, that's where you're, yeah. you're limited on your range of motion. But just five minutes really honing in on the areas that you need to work on and no more really. And then just get yourself on the barbell and then you will start to loosen up anyway. So this is where like context comes into it, you know. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, with like a front squat, it's kind of like, especially if you're one of those where your elbows go really high up mm. on the squat rack, uh, so on the front squat. Mm. But when you first get onto the bar, you know, it takes a while for you to get into that position or it's a bit tight feeling at first. 
yeah, like maybe in that case, it might be good to kind of like have a little roll if you want to, or a little static stretch, etc. Um, and then kind of as you start to front squat anyway, you where get, you can yeah. get your elbows in that high position, and you'll actually build up the flexibility for that anyway, just for doing the movement. But I understand some people might struggle off the get go to do that. Yeah, like I know people who do it when they're just starting out with front squat. But like me now, because I've been doing it for so long, I don't need to do any of that. Yeah. I literally just you go straight into the bar. You can go into it cold. Yeah, I know my elbows go straight up because I've done it so many times and my body's adapted to it. But maybe when you're first starting, yeah. But I wanted to stress yeah. uh, five five minutes dynamic stretching. I wouldn't really kick the ass out of it because it was eating into your, your session time, really. I don't really see the value in it. Uh, that, was, uh, that was me where I used to like... Uh, there was one point where I was doing uh, front squats often and I just when I first started, I could not get my elbows up. I had mm. to do it with the... You know where... Oh, you know when like you, you you attach straps to the barbell and you hold the yeah. straps because you can't yeah, yeah. you don't have that flexibility. Yeah, I know people up. do that. Yeah, mm. but eventually, the more I did it, I was able to just do it without the straps. And now I can go into the gym cold, grab an empty barbell, and I can get my elbows all the way up now, just because I built the actual flexibility and mobility through the specific movement itself, rather than these magical stretches. But those stretches I was doing to get into that position in the first place, I didn't even mention the stretches actually. Yeah, before I with the straps etc i'd have to kind of warm myself up by putting my arms over the bar and leaning backwards and kind of stretching out my lats a little bit stretching out my lats and shoulders but now yeah i'll just go up to barbell and do it no problem at all because i've built that flexibility and that uh and that rom simply by doing the movement itself um i think did i don't know yeah there's a video i did recently on the train primer youtube i think i mentioned the front squat and i think in that there were some clips of some mobility drills for the front squat that you could literally just spend like a few minutes before your session just to give you that acute mm. range of motion so you can get straight onto the barbell because if, you, if you're not if you can't do it, it is quite is a bit of a pain isn't it you're like oh it makes it harder to a front squat so. but then over time you'll naturally build the flexibility and the mobility to do it cold anyway so i keep on saying doing it cold what i basically mean is where you just literally walk into the gym throw your shit into the locker go up to the barbell and without even having to do all these mobility drills you could do it with a cold muscle just off you go boom, get into that position. That's what I mean by doing it cold without having to get go for all these warm-ups and drills and, yeah, all of that. Tom, mate, one of your uh, one of your clients is asking what's a front squat. I feel like we need to get a demonstration. And I've got 100 tabs open. Let me just quickly go onto Twitch. What is a front squat? Uh, two weeks' time, you'll find out. Oh, there we go, then. <laughs> Don't want to spoil it, Fern. Uh, a front squat is basically where you... So with yourself, um, when we do a back squat, we have the barbell resting on the back of your shoulders. So a front squat is actually where you have the barbell resting on the top of your chest, cool, isn't it? you know, like on your clavicles, yeah. and you're actually holding the bar pretty much in front of you. So almost as if you're about to do an overhead press, you're about to do overhead press, but you squat with the bar instead. But it's a little bit different because you have your elbows pointing really far up to yeah. the ceiling. Instead of, yeah, it's because like a shoulder pressure, you sometimes have your elbows pointing down, whereas in the front squat, you have them pointing directly in front in your eye, where your eyes are looking, basically, uh, which makes it quite difficult if you haven't got that um, mobility. Because it helps kind of push the bar back into you and it makes you balance, which ironically is uh, one of my cues for when I'm getting people to do goblet squats with a kettlebell. Um, a lot of people at first they tend to have their elbows pointing down but it's like no 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 treat it like a front squat you're going to have your elbows forward you know and you're going to create that kind of pyramid shape so you're Makes pushing sense, the weight yeah. back into you because I think if we were to summarise stretching pre-training um, I'm basically just going to say I wouldn't really 
bother with static stretching beforehand. Um, if you are going to stretch beforehand, opt for some five minutes dynamic, I'd say. Um, mm. If you're already static and you're really stuck in your ways and you're like, no, Bill, I'm not going to do what you fucking say. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, go for it. All I'm going to say is it just appears neutral. So you're not really gaining anything apart from placebo mm. potentially. Um, and you're not going to lose anything. So, But dynamic, on the other hand, you've got potentials there for some benefits. Uh, so maybe five minutes. That's what I'd say. If you want anything to add to I would say if people want to do it, go for it. It's a democracy or society, if you want to put it that way. Um, we want a quota to mention society as much as we can. But... I wouldn't recommend doing static stretches for long, lasting longer than 60 seconds per muscle group because, you know, you kind of will lose, lose a bit of strength and a little bit of power. You might not be able to rep out as much uh, from the evidence I've seen. But my main criticism is, one, it takes away time from things that we can get bigger band for our buck. If you're, uh, bear in mind, we're talking about stretching each muscle group. If it takes you 10 minutes to do that, that's 10 minutes you could have done a whole exercise on done all your sets on but my other gripe is that people say it's injury prevention which just isn't the case yeah i know we're going a bit deeper on that so uh, i'm going to shut up now Hey guys, I won't keep you long, I promise, but what a perfect opportunity as you are fully absorbed into this week's episode to quickly tell you about our mega amazing membership support platform thingy called Patreon. Um, now, Patreon is a membership platform for creators, so what it allows you to do is subscribe to the membership tier, get some cool little bonuses from us, and you help support us. So by joining our Patreon, what you're really doing is you're helping support the running costs of this podcast, and you're going to allow us to do some cool things in the future, like hopefully buy some new cameras to really improve our video footage, potentially some more microphones in the future. I mean, even though these are pretty good for now, and something we really want to do in the future is add some you know cool merch in there as well but that's not free is it so all the money that goes into this membership platform is being put back into the podcast and you also get some pretty cool things in return as well such as some of you could be listed as producers of the podcast you get access to any future q a's we do you get access to live podcasts ones that aren't on twitch you could also potentially get a personal video from me and tom um, thanking you depending on which tier you sign up to uh, and there's loads of those more in there as well so essentially, guys, head over to patreon.com slash podcast, and you'll be presented with three tiers. And the first one is the price of a cup of coffee every month. So yeah, hopefully we'll be chatting to you over there soon on the private Patreon feed. Anyway, let's get back into this week's episode. We are going into it right now, Tom. So we're now going to talk about stretching after training, which is probably a bit more of a um, controversial topic. So mm. the question is, you know, is it needed? Will it help? Blah, 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 blah. And we actually spoke about this on an episode back in our recovery series. So some of the information you may hear today might sound familiar if you are a regular listener. If you're new around here, obviously it won't. Um, but we did touch on this in our recovery series. And the thing I always think of whenever we talk about this topic, Tom, is I always think of the army. It's like they're, they're absolute love of a... They love a good stretch after a session, don't they? Whatever your session you're doing, you get on, you're on the floor, you're stretching yeah. off. Th- how long, Tom? 30 seconds each stretch. 30 seconds there, yeah. All old. right, guys, we're going to stretch out our quads. <laughs> yeah. Every time, and it's just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, towards the end, I was getting, towards the end, I just started like, rodding off, mate. I just started, like, so, well, I just literally stopped doing it. <laughs> Bill, I know you're a different breed, you know, and you have your yeah. ethics and your morals and your yeah. echo chamber. Um, but when you was PTing with the army, be honest with us. Give us an insider secret here. Do most of the guys that 
make your static stretch at the end? Do they do it because they generally believe it's going to help prevent injuries, help with recovery, etc.? Or is it just a simple case of, I've got these fuckers for another 15 minutes. Let's just make the clock run down as quick as possible. Let's just give them something to do for the sake of doing it. It's genuinely because they think it will help because, and especially in, maybe, I don't know, maybe in a training regimen, but in a unit level, <laughs> the idea is to get get people away as quick as possible because people want to go away and have showers and just chill out for a bit. Now, there's mm. no benefit for them staying longer. Like You don't have to fill the hour window for PT. Yeah. If you finish early, people knock off early. But people generally thought, if they've done a hard session, oh, we're going to reduce injury rates, we're going to help with recovery, so we'll get them stretching for 20 minutes to really make sure that after this log run, they're all going to be okay. So it was generally out of a place of wanting to help. Fair enough. I know. Uh, I know that when you used to finish up your, uh, your your lessons, you used to tell them straight away, "Oh, don't worry about stretching." What was their reactions when you used to say stuff like that? So a couple of times, I took people for like a walk. So we went for like a little active recovery walk for like ten yeah. minutes. We just like went for a little stroll just to like loosen the legs off. But went, there was one point where um, I think it was an officer told me he was like, "Oh no, we need." He goes, "Oh, we can we not can we not like do a stretch?" And I was like, "Nah, no point." I was, like trying to explain, uh, he, he didn't really know what to say. He didn't really know, he didn't really know what to say. He was kind of like confused almost. And I was trying to explain to him, but I just don't think he really. And then he then he he tried to change it because it, it, I, I was fully aware that it probably appeared like I mugged him off in front of everyone. So he kind yeah. of changed it to, "Oh, but if people do want to sort of do some stretches, can you show us some stretches that people could do?" And I was like, "So right, somehow so just, you actually flipped and pulled rank on an officer." Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't great. I mean, I was nearly out of the army at that point, so I didn't really care as much. But um, yeah. did you tend to just like listen to the podcast or? Well, I well, I kind of just did a few. I said, yeah, if you want to do some stretches for you, I think we did like a. I forgot the, the actual session. It was like quite leg heavy, so I said, yeah, you could do a few of these if you really really want to. Um, yeah, just I, not. I, it. I basically, but basically, what I did, <laughs> I actually briefed. I I remember actually explaining why you don't need to. And then I sort of finished with the whole, you know, trying to be devil advocate. I was like, if you really want to, though, you can do some of this. But I just said, basically, don't worry about it. Yeah. And then I just <laughs> then I just thinned them all out. <laughs> that was Absolute it. Chad. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. F- f- full evidence based on them. I feel like we've just kind of jumped the gun massively there, though, haven't we? We've not gone through any of the actual science or our thoughts on this. We've literally just gone straight to the conclusion of... Citation, citation is us. Yeah. I am I am hearing people scream down the, their phones in their cars now saying citation needed, citation needed because we basically yeah. said don't bother. Citation um, me. So we've kind of already alluded to a few things there. Basically, the reason this all stems from, not just the army, just in the whole general like, gen pop as well, is this whole narrative of make sure you stretch off. It's like a thing. After any activity, people always have this thing of, oh, I haven't stretched off today. Oh, yeah. I need to start stretching off after a session. And when they feel sore, they will automatically, a lot of people go to the whole thing of, oh, I, need to, I haven't been stretching off, that's why. They'll blame it because they haven't stretched off. That is why they're now feeling sore or they've got an injury yeah. after their session. Mm. Um, and this doesn't seem to go away. Once again, I will, all I'll say is if you want to do it, and it makes you feel good, you know, do what you want. Okay, But we're going to go through some stuff now, which might save you some time after your session. And then we're going to go on to the end about mobility and flexibility, because as someone said in the comments earlier, um, they do it as a sort of a separate routine after their workout. Because some people, it's just convenient. If they're already in the gym, they might just think after their workout, you know what, I'm already here. There's some mats over there. I can go do some stretching. Yeah. But now what we are going to do is we're going to break it down into different categories to whether or not stretching afterwards has got any meaningful benefits. We're sort of DOMS, so delayed onset muscle soreness. So the, the thing we're speaking about, you know, when you feel super sore after a session, you know, the next day, the subsequent days, whatever. And we've spoken about this a few times, haven't we, Tom, how DOMS is quite a, it's a funny old thing, isn't it? It's very difficult yes. to pinpoint the, the cause Actual of it. Cause. I mean, the best way I can simplify is when you usually do something that your body is not yet adapted to. So that could be through various mechanisms. That could be through the load. 
so you've not squatted or deadlifted or, or or ran a certain distance you know you've not ran a certain distance or you've not squatted or yeah deadlifted a certain weight before so you've got a new heavy, training stimulus a new yeah, training, new training stimulus, stimulus yeah. different rep range you know it could be a multitude of things it could be a simple a, diff, a, a variation you might be deadlift deadlifting left right and center but you might have simply changed up to stiff-legged deadlifts or you know a romanian deadlift and just by changing it up a little bit it's a new form of stimulus but, you know the body does adapt over time yeah and it yeah, gets and less it does, does does tend to get less yeah. stretching is usually the uh, quick fix isn't it bill yeah for sure i mean if we actually look at a 2011 uh Co- cochrane library review on this we spoke about cochrane library's pretty um pretty heavy hitters in this uh, space uh, and essentially the the evidence from a randomized uh studies suggests that muscle stretching whether conducted before after or before and after exercise does not produce clinically important reductions in delayed onset muscle soreness in healthy adults. Right, Tom? No, sorry, mate. I was having a cheeky vape and uh, I thought I'd be sneaky and blow it just near the uh, fin, but instead it came through the other side and it looked like the microphone was on fire. And while you was reading, I was trying to waft it away. <laughs> there's me trying to spit absolute <laughs> Cochrane knowledge and there's you just fucking vaping I, away I was from lit- I was literally spitting fire. Look, let's see if I can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's pretty cool yeah, see that that's pretty cool. yeah. yeah that is pretty good oh, literally spitting fire don't break, here Bill don't break your mic mate fucking hell sorry mate um, but the thing with stretching like look in regards to the context of DOMS it might feel nice I mean when we kind of talk about pain etc we yes. kind of know that like Important. just simply changing the, the stimuli like when you stub your toe first thing you do is you grab your foot why we're not promoting blood flow or doing anything crazy with it. It's just a simple case of let me change the stimulus. If you've got a sore leg, you rub it, you know, stuff like that. So in that case, like if you've got sore quads and you stretch out your quads, you can change the stimulus. So acutely, it might just feel nicer. I mean, don't get me wrong, stretching can be painful and tender, but simply changing that stimulus is sometimes pleasant. Sensation and pain, etc., and even pleasure, it's a really, really weird thing to explain. Um, but has it got any meaningful effects? No, I don't, I don't think so. It's definitely well, not a be-all, I mean, end-all cure. No, especially if we look at that, that review there. I mean, if you are someone who is constantly feeling DOMS, even if you are stretched as well, you probably want to start looking at your, as Tom said, like your load management, your program variables, your right. nutrition, your sleep. I'm so glad you've brought that up because uh, I know I sent you a text earlier, but basically uh, a, a mate of mine came into the gym today and uh, her lifestyle is hectic and she's very active and she was talking about how a sports masseuse at work, and it's always fucking sports masseuses, isn't it? Some of them. How this person, individual was saying to her, oh, it's because you're not stretching. You know, stretching is extremely important, etc., etc." Now, the problem with having this narrative of, oh, it's because you've not stretched, you know, stretching is important. Why haven't you stretched? Well, straight away, we've kind of given that, uh, I, we plant, and this is, the, this is actually a term she said to me. She said, they planted that seed in my head. Mm. you know so straight away your attention is being focused on something that is probably you know less to do with why you're sore or in pain etc now the thing is, if you was constantly sore to the point where it was a problem yeah as you said i'd rather be focused on the things that probably are having more of an impact so your load management and when we talk about load management we're not talking about just the actual load you're squatting with mm. you know yeah. we're talking about loaders in your lifestyle your stresses yeah, lifestyle yeah you know yeah. your nutrition your sleep etc have you had an argument with your partner you know has she found a plate at your head again for you know leaving the shoes in the doorway you know and other non-specific stuff <laughs> but yeah uh 
Stretching isn't a magic cure. That's all I'm saying. That's all, that's all we're saying in terms of DOMS anyway. It's not magic. All right. Soreness is a very weird and wonderful thing. If you ask someone who's feeling sore all the time, yeah, look at those other Probably points. Probably want to push stretching to the side. If it helps you, okay. But yeah. let's actually focus on the things that are more, making a more meaningful impact on that soreness, mm. etc. Yeah. Probably your training load. So if we move on from DOMS to reducing injury, because this is another one. If you don't stretch mm-hmm. off, you're going to get injured. If you do stretch off, you're going to reduce your risk of injury. So we'll go straight in. There's quite a few papers on this. Um, but there's one that stands out. And that's a 2014 study by Lorison et al. Um, and this basically said this was called The Effectiveness of Exercise Interventions to Prevent Sports Injuries, a Systematic Review and major Analysis of Randomized Controlled Trials. So they looked at different yeah. interventions, basically. Um, and basically, to summarize, stretching did not show any protective effect while strength training provided proved highly significant sorry i'll say that again just to make it clear <laughs> stretching did not show any protective effect while strength training proved highly significant so that's that's really important to note there um and this also supports basically our you know we constantly bombard you guys with saying doing strength slash resistance training is going to improve your quality of life and this is another thing here which looks at you know this is it's another sort of tick in the box there saying look we're seeing protective qualities from this type of training Whereas stretching, obviously in this situation, this episode specific, didn't really do anything to reduce your chance of injury. Mm. I mean, they actually did summarise at the end, strength training reduced sports injuries to less than one third and overuse injuries could be almost halved. So yeah, That's massive, awesome. That's huge. That's very significant, mm. yeah. So it's another, it's another reason to get out there and this is why we always push it. It doesn't matter who you are, age, gender, etc. Strength training is for everyone and it can make a big difference to your quality of life. So yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Pick up some bars. Pick up some bars, bend some bars, do some damage, mm. right? It's not that we're trying to demonise stretch or anything like that, but I'd rather people focus their time on things where you can get more worthwhile health benefits and performance benefits, and not, to be honest with you. And it's not even just our bias saying this, because obviously we, you could say we're biased towards it, but we're, we're bringing the data, the data is yeah. also supporting our biases. It's not like we're just saying it because we want you to do... I mean, look, I, I stay stretch deadly. sometimes, but I do it usually during downtimes, and I don't do it because I'm like thinking, oh shit, it's going to prevent injury. Which we are, we are, yeah, we are going to talk about this. There is scenarios nice. where me and Tom... <laughs> Both do static stretching, yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, there's also another paper Tom I want to go into. Now, this one, if you are a regular listener, you will remember this because you will cast your mind back to the recovery series. Um, and this was a 2018 major analysis that compared a wide range of recovery methods. Now, this is why we pretty much use this a lot in our recovery series. Um, but this one included a whopping 99 studies. Um, so it was a pretty big boy. Bumberclot. But <laughs> fucking hell, Tom. Sorry, that um, was the secret uh, word, wasn't it? My bad. <laughs> I've used it preemptively. On this paper, guys, if you will, uh, we'll have it linked down in the show notes, of course. But um, basically, in regards to injury prevention, stretching was like the worst one. Out of, yeah. like, there was like nine or ten different recovery interventions, and stretching came out on on worse, actually doing anything meaningful. Um, so yeah, not ideal. And then we've also there's more here, guys. We're not messing around. So uh, big Greg Layman, I know you're one of your. Uh, I do. Love him, yeah, big Greg. Gregory. You actually sent me this really good little article, actually. Um, if you want to look at this article, guys, it's packed full of citations as well. So it's really good to, to sort of get yourself into. Um, and this looks at static stretching and injury risk in runners. This is obviously very specific to runners now, which is interesting. And it's not good news, basically. Let's <laughs> put a nail that one. And usually static stretching and running. Yeah, look running. It's so. Hands, don't they? Whoop. Like that microphone Whoops. was just said. Uh, but yeah, they normally go hand in hand, right? Um, and mm. yeah. In that article, it basically sort of debunks it. There's actually, the good thing about this article, I'll go through it now, just because while you're listening, so you actually have to go do double handle stuff, but he did actually give some advice on injuries, um, which might be worth noting in a, in a runner situation. So if I just pull up this magic little picture. 
basically echoing some sort of stuff we said here. So there's he's basically gone down that there's two general ways to prevent injuries. Number one, decrease the tissue load. So load management, so decrease load to stress. So avoid too much too soon following a progressive volume slash intensity running plan. That's, we've pretty much said earlier, if you go out and do, if you've never run before, you go do a 10 mile run, you can spend an hour doing stack stretching afterwards. It's not going to do anything. You know, you've, you've done a 10 mile run when you've never run before. Mm. And you know what? The same could go for actual static stretching as well, where you don't want to do too much too soon. Yeah, you know, exactly. When you get people that actually force you into some seriously horrendous positions. I mean, you look at like the, and that's just like a really dramatic example. I'm going to give you the worst extreme example for this, but it's still an example. And that's when you look at like the tra- uh, the training for like the Shaolin monks, etc. Have you ever actually seen videos of them training and what they do to the children, etc.? It's pretty much child abuse where they like stand on their legs in the splits. Like this child is obviously not capable yet to be doing these, to be stretching at that range. But they're standing on their legs and like f- and these kids are fucking crying. You need to see their credentials, mate. They've got level three PTs there, have they? What, the Shaolin monks? <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, they're level three qualified. <laughs> <laughs> Not there that goes our, uh, anyway, but... There goes our Communist Party funding. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Fuck's sake. Uh, we go back to preventing injuries with uh, Big Greg. This one's interesting, Tom. I think you'll like this. So number two, he said, ignore number one. If you are constantly in pain, then try a different program. That's interesting mm. because sometimes you just have a shit program. There are shit PTs out there. Could be a shit running really? program. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then number three, this is quite interesting. Vary your running surfaces and routes because you know you'll hear that stereotypical yeah. thing if you just if you're pavement bashing seven days a week. Oh, you know the worst is especially where I live in Rice Slip, where you've got constant drop curbs every five feet. Yeah, and you have to yeah because that's. That yeah. constant change in Jesus. elevation. It's only a small bit, but it's a constant change, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. That's a good point to make because change it. For example, if you only ever run in a straight line on concrete, if you ever have to do anything differently, potentially, like let's say you've run yeah. straight line on concrete for 10 miles, you've built up to 10 miles on straight line and concrete. If you've then not varied any sort of variance, then mm. you then have to do 10 miles, but it's cross country. Where suddenly you're undulating terrain, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah so you've, you're going to run into a few issues, aren't you? So R- Running on grass and trails and running on like yeah, concrete, two totally different things. Uh, and the next one he says, this sort of comes back to something we said earlier, really uh, helping with our bias here, Tommy, is um, increase your tissue strength. And he goes strength training. So basically your whole body. So runners sometimes might think, oh, you know, they might just do, I don't know, we'll focus on one thing, but you want to work on whole body strength. Um, this one's interesting. Treat existing injuries, unresolved injuries, correlates with future injury now this is something that's very common i know people who do this they'll have niggles and injuries with stuff but they'll sort of dismiss it and they'll just sort of carry on um and then they'll injure something else isn't one of like the the biggest factors for in injury is actually previous injury sorry injury injury, or history of injury that's not saying that obviously to go completely sedentary and just rest up but (laughs) train so once again, we're talking about load management here, but you can train around injuries at a dose that is appropriate for you at the time. And, you know, injuries can dictate kind of what dose you should be training at. But yeah, I'll have that article linked down in the show notes, guys. If you want to have a look at that for some of those points, uh, if, you, if you've, you've probably forgot them already now, I'm fully aware of that. So uh, yeah, go, 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 and have, go and have a look at that. <laughs> but I suppose now we should really go into, Tom, is it all doom and gloom for stretching? Well, I suppose... In most cases, it doesn't really look that good, does it? From what we just said there, we've kind of battered it a little bit there. But once again, Tom, I think we've said this term a few times now in this episode, the devil is in the details, isn't it? Mm. This is quite an interesting paper, Tom. So we've got a study here which investigates the effects of stretching intensity on recovery. So as we said earlier, the intensity of your stretching makes a big difference. And 
we've got a study here, so bear with me, guys. I'm gonna have to try and um, oh, fuck's sake. We've seen this time. You got eyes on this. You got eyes on this. Uh, this study of you. Apostolos. Oh, Apos- sorry. Yeah, this Apostolopolis. this is actually something that I could definitely pronounce. Apostolopolis. Apostolopolis. Yeah, have you never seen Jurassic Park? Yeah, but it's not a. Say that again, sorry, say that again. Have you never seen Jurassic Park? That's one of the dinosaurs. Say it again. Yeah, but say it again. Apostolopolis. Fuck you, you've put me off now. You've no sabo. I can't even say no sabo now because you've put me off. I've completely derailed you. Look, you're out of control. Apostolopolis. Apostolopolis. Yeah, Apostolopolis. Yeah, I think you said that right, yeah. Et al. 2018. No, I did. Apostolopolis. You said that bit. I'll say the Et al. 2018. I'll do that bit. Sounds like a dinosaur, though, doesn't he? Yeah, it does. Or she. Maybe it was dinosaur. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, you know. exactly. But anyway, this this paper um, by that man or woman. Sorry, I have to, I've just clarified there. I like how I was more concerned with offending whether it might have been a male or female than comparing the researcher to a dinosaur. Just because <laughs> their name sounds like one. Yeah. <laughs> Priorities. Anyway, this paper. This paper looked at 30 trained lifters and it found relative to high intensity stretching and no stretching, Low-intensity stretching significantly improved recovery of eccentric torque and tended to improve recovery of isometric torque and muscle soreness as well. Now, while these results are interesting, because of course we've got to play both sides, you know, we can't, we're not just going to keep hammering it, we are going to look at all the data. Now, this is an interesting paper, but what we are going to probably need to see here is it replicated on large scale, because we have this is one paper that looks at 30 train lifters. Um the arguments I've seen in support of this paper from other people in the in the industry is kind of perhaps performing low intensity stretching afterwards is helping with some blood flow, maybe. Yeah. So it's giving you some it could help a little bit there. It could basically accelerating the recovery process slightly. But I would argue that you could get more bang for your buck by doing that low intensity stretching later yeah. away from your normal training session because you're then going to get more because the blood flow is obviously not going to be non-existent later on and mm. you're going to get those mobility and flexibility stuff we spoke about, which we're going to speak about, sorry, um, in a minute. But to play devil's avocado, like... Avocado? Yeah. <laughs> right, Let's just say you're you're just at home chilling, watching, mm. I don't know, Love Island or whatever's on TV at the moment. Who's to say, like, just like do a little bit of static stretching while you're there? Why not? If you think it helps with uh, improve your recovery, then it's something you could do. It's low effort. Like sometimes when I'm in the office and I, my, I'm very sedentary at the moment because I'm now office bound due to the bureaucracy of where I work. But um, yeah, I, I stack stretch more often than I ever used to because it's just something low effort I can do while I'm in the office. So yeah, you could totally stack stretch. But as you said, in regards to like prioritizing recovery, if you can, I'd rather make it more kind of active and just simply walking. You know me, yeah, I love sure. my walking. I love promoting walking. Like my point to summarise that, the, like the evidence kind of, I mean, in terms of injury prevention, I wouldn't really say there's anything good for that at all. But in terms nah. of reducing soreness, low intensity stuff, maybe. I mean, most of the evidence is basically saying not really anything meaningful. Um, that obviously, that one paper said it helped a bit, but it comes down to time as well. Just please don't feel like you need to do this stuff. Like if you get to, because yes. I know some people, they, get, they, they panic. They feel like they've, they're going to fuck themselves up because they've not stretched after a session. If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. I mean, to be honest with you, just to kind of summarise, my my whole thing about static stretching is if you want to do it, crack on. Although I would kind of like trying to tear people from holding the stretches for more than 60 seconds if they're going for like, you know, traditional strength training, etc. But what I don't want people to think is that it's a non-negotiable, that they have to do it, that you must static stretch before or after training, otherwise you're, you're bound for injury. And to me, that's the usual thing I hear. People 
think they have to stretch to prevent injuries or stop themselves from getting hurt. And that's just simply not the case, it seems, from the evidence we've got. We've given you the evidence there, guys. So, I mean, take of it what you will. Um, yeah. Obviously, you can do what you want, but we've given you the sort of the, the best evidence we could find. So, use that as you will, and hopefully, you'll make better decisions going forward. Uh, we will move on to this final point there now, Tom. That is mobility gains and sort of general health and well-being, as I've titled it. Um, and straight away, my mind terms of things like Romwad and GoWad. Oh, here goes our sponsors. Sorry, our potential sponsors. Yeah, full, full cross <laughs> it again, right? Um, and this is something that athletes love. They're always sponsored by these mobility apps. And the way these things, if you're not aware what they are, Romwad and GoWad are essentially daily mobility apps. So Romwad is a bit more... Um, I'd say it's more of like a, an end of day relaxing thing. You'll put it on quite chilled music. You'll do like a, you'll do low, low intensity. This is important that you do low intensity stretching, but for long duration. So you might do, I don't know, like you'll do, I don't know, you'll sit down, you'll lean over, try and touch your toes, but you won't force it. You'll go to where your body allows you to go very passive and you'll hold it for like three minutes. Okay, yeah. so it's very low intense pass stretching. And then GoWod is fairly similar, but there's a bit more in there about the problem with GoWod I find actually is I'm not sure if Romwod's the same now, but GoWod, they've got a lot of like pre-wod stuff. So they'll mm-hmm. get you and if you've got like a Theragun, they'll let you they'll tell you to use your oh, Theragun God. and stuff. Um, yeah. And it's a lot yeah, they they make you spend about twenty minutes before 15, 20 minutes before a session doing like a pre um GoWod routine. And that's my issue with it. But the daily stuff, the actual daily passive stretching stuff. It's quite good. I'd say it's quite good. Mm. Um, I mean, what what are your thoughts on those apps? Have you had exposure to them before? No, have I? Fuck. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, look, once again, if people want to do it, crack on. I don't think there's anything inherently harmful about them. But once again, I do think it places like hypervigilance on like mm. someone's flexibility or mobility. And it's like, it, it can make, it can put people off. So I've seen it before where someone was posting their stories that day was 2% less flexible compared to how it was last week. Yeah, that's and fucking GoWod, mate. GoWod's yeah, a pain almost in the ass, just from the story, they, but in their stories, they was really fretting over it. And you could tell mate, they was yeah. like almost disappointed with themselves over it. It's like, who I gives can't a remember shit? Which episode it, what, I can't remember which episode it was, but there was an episode where I think I mentioned it. When you get GoWod, they make you do like a, a fucking movement assessment. We had a whole assessment. episode dedicated to it. I like, think it's literally you do like called GoWod. <laughs> you, do, you do a movement assessment, don't you, where they tell you about your how like, immobile you are. And it was funny because they basically said to me that my overhead mobility was like really poor. It was like 20%. Yeah. But then I can overhead squat quite a lot of weight. Right. So this is I something I want quite to ask a lot of weight. When they do these assessments, do they do it when you've actually got the bar in your hands or is it just like no, no, body no. weight? Air? It's, all, it's all body weight assessments. Right. So this is another thing that really fucking grips my shit. And there's certain like uh, curriculums out there, like uh, PT bodies, where they teach you about all these fitness assessments, these functional assessments, you know, these movement, functional movement screenings. It's like, so what you just said there about how it said you had shit mobility when you use like just body weight, getting your arms above your head, etc. As soon as you place a barbell in your hands, was it different? Yeah, of course it is, yeah. Because that load can help you get into that position better. It can also help you counterbalance better as well. So that's why I don't like these apps or just functional movement screens. You know, there's me almost suggesting that we do a whole episode on functional movement screens. But the spoiler is that, yeah, they're absolutely fucking shit for you and detrimental. Because they put it in your head that you are dysfunctional. 
or you've got shit flexibility or you've got shit mobility. But as soon as you get weight in your hand, it completely changes the movement. You cannot compare a bodyweight squat. And this is why people like Squat You do my fucking head in as well. <laughs> he lives in my head rent-free at the moment. The amount of times we mention him every week, but it's just because he's so fucking shit. It completely changes the way you balance, you know. Mm. That weight can actually force you into better flexibility. You cannot compare a bodyweight squat to an overhead squat with an actual bit of weight in your hands, two completely different fins. So in regards to these apps, yeah, I think they're a bit shit. I don't like them. I think they can almost be nocebic. Because then you might think, Mm -hmm. oh, hang a minute, my flexibility is off here. You know, I'm obviously thinking the extremes here, but oh, my flexibility is off here. You know, maybe I I should train until I've got built my flexibility up a little bit more. And not only that, but if you're doing this pre-session, or you are planning on lifting the next day, you've then got it stuck in your head that, but I've lost my flexibility and my, my, my mobility. Today's training is going to be shit, or tomorrow's training is going to be shit. You've already put that seed in your head that you were shit. And so, yeah, I don't like these apps, to be honest with you. Even though I'm saying do what you want, you know, I still feel <laughs> Don't use shit. these fucking apps. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, what have you seen in terms of research on flexibility in general while doing these stretches? I mean, what I've seen, like to my knowledge anyway, currently is that longer held static stretches can have positive outcomes on flexibility. Oh, yeah, of course. No, do you know what? Just to clarify, like, I'm not saying static stretching doesn't do anything. Inflexibility, if you want to learn how to do the splits, you can yeah, totally you to. do that through static yeah. stretching. In fact, that's how I'll do it. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to learn the stretch, if I wanted to learn the splits, I would be static stretching. I'd be doing it every day and I'll be doing it at, you know, an optimal dose as well. So, yeah, if you want to increase your flexibility, yeah, totally. Now, look, don't get me wrong. Once again, I would rather prioritise strength training. The reason being is because you get more bang for your buck. You're not only increasing your flexibility and your mobility, but you're also getting stronger. And, you know, you're also, you know, increasing your bone density, you know, etc. You're getting all these extra health benefits. But if it was compared to not doing anything at all, yeah, crack on. Static stretch. Um, I mean, I was going to kind of bring this at the summary at the end, but this hasn't really got much to do with mobility. <laughs> However, there is benefit to static stretching that kind of moves away from mobility and flexibility in general, and that is actually you can gain strength just simply through static stretching, you know. It's interesting. And you That's can actually build muscle through static stretching as well, which was the biggest surprise for me. Uh, I mean, there was a paper where they kind of put these groups through like static stretches and their the muscles in their calves, you can actually see on the MRI or whatever it was, you know, the actual difference in size. The only thing is, and this is where we talk about like how getting more bang for your buck by, you know, doing things in the time given to us. But bear in mind, this was just on their calf. Each stretch was only, was like, it was for an hour. They were stretching in their car for an hour. For an hour? I, was set, I believe, I'm willing to be correct on this, but I believe it was for seven days a week. I think and they were using like a, a weird like strap fin that kept their foot in that position. So they were just chilling on the chair with their foot raised whilst this, mach- this device stretched their calf. And that was like for an hour and every day. And yeah, it showed that they, you know, got muscle growth out of it and that their strength increased on things like the straight-legged, basically a calf press, but on a leg press. You know, now there is application for that actually. So even though 
I'd rather people do strength training through full range of motion, etc. This paper kind of brought up the context of, well, what about if you are going through an injury or if you've got some kind of orthopedic condition where it actually hurts to move the joints? Now, don't get me wrong. I would rather prioritize just trying to move to the point of what you can to what is tolerable so you can build a capacity for that so you can actually get stronger around those joints. But let's just say you was almost immobile. You could actually hopefully prevent muscle loss so you could hopefully prevent atrophy and actually hopefully build a little bit of strength by doing static stretches but obviously this was like an hour every day so it's a lot so there is actual context to it static stretching isn't useless i refuse to say it's useless i used to but i've changed my mind or sorry i've refined my opinion i think there's more meaningful things we can do but, but it's you know, not the magic it's not the magic thing that yeah, sometimes pts will exactly. tell you it is. it's not going to save your fucking world if you do it afterwards or before basically all right so but there is practical applications yeah conclusion there's practical applications but save some time time's barrier yeah exactly <laughs> get yourself that fucking barbell exactly that's my bias anyway yeah but if you want to stretch crack on but it's not it's probably i'm always gonna say probably it's probably not going to prevent injuries <laughs> we're fucking terrible aren't we like a lot of people in the industry are so like they're so black and white they're thinking they're so conclusive we refuse to be conclusive on anything is it bad for you literally we will never say anything we, we always find a way to say that something's not 100 percent bad for you. so bill <laughs> i know you're a star trek fan only sifts doing dealing absolutes oh you fucking arsehole ah <laughs> 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 oh. Cheat, that's what he did there, yeah. People people, people who know the... I'm not fuming, I'm fine, mate. I'm fine. <laughs> Just going to force, force choke you through the fucking webcam. <laughs> do you want me to do it on myself? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Look, fuck <laughs> God's sake. Anyway, um, yeah. Be less Sith. Be less stretch. That sounds awful. We can cut that out, though. I'm leaving it in, mate. People need to know the sort of words <laughs> of that come your are. mouth. Okay, cool. Um, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, and guys, we will we will we'll not see you next week, but um, we'll see you the week after for probably another Is It Bad For You? We might have a guest on, who knows? We'll, um, we'll see. We'll see what's happening. But yeah, stay tuned. I might bring the turtle back with me. Oh yeah, turtle. That'd be interesting. Yeah. See Make sure you tag the podcast on that, mate. Me too. We'll just share some of those turtle snaps. We'll do. Right. I'll see you later. So, see you later, guys. As always, thanks for listening. Guys, if you are enjoying the podcast, you did enjoy the episode, please give it a share or give us a review and rating, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you're listening on, as it does really help with the growth of the podcast. So yeah, just leave some little review, little rating, give it a share, um, and we'll all be happy. We can uh, sleep well at night. Bit dramatic, wasn't it? Anyway, we will see you not next week, because uh, Tom's with his turtle in Turkey. We will see you the week after, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.